celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, I have just learned that the hero this week happens to be a bunch of heroes, and they're behind bars. They have uh, been uh, prosecuted, and uh, they've been given a fair trial. We think, and they're behind bars. So we'll uh, find out about I that. I wonder if I know them. Yeah, you may know them. <laughs> they may be friends of yours. Maybe relatives. Who knows? I don't. Th- I think this is the first time we've ever had a hero that's behind bars. But uh, we'll find out. Hmm. W- what are you working on, Tammy? Well, if you've got a Heinz 57 dog, you know, a mixed breed, have no idea what went into creating yep. this dog. A DNA test might be a fun thing to do to find out exactly what your dog is made of breed-wise, but there actually could be some very important health implications to getting that DNA test and finding out. Sure. Yeah, some breeds are predisposed to certain diseases. I know, Judy, you did a uh, DNA test on Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog. I did because what I was told she was just didn't seem to fit the way she acted so i did a dna test to find out what she truly is now correct me if i'm wrong you did several dna tests they all came back with different breeds different yeah i did a couple of the ones oh that really were, yeah i did the cheek oh, swab wow. ones and i don't think the yeah. cheek swab were as accurate and i did two different ones and they came back with some really big large you know breeds. what we should do what, what should we do we yeah. should do our own cheek swab and send it back <laughs> and uh, for the dog here that's a good idea yeah. uh, next week oh, that'd let's be a way to that. test it <laughs> let's swab you down next week and send uh send uh, send the results in and see what comes back what do you say joey i better not come back as an ugly dog <laughs> yeah. a greyhound a sleek greyhound yes yeah that would that would fit my personality just well wouldn't it sure would. fast and lean yeah on today's show we're going to talk to this young lady who's put together an animal blood mobile and you know you see the blood mobiles that you the human yeah, blood mobiles you give. i've never seen an animal one this may be the only one That's in the cool. country yeah isn't wow. that this we'll, is a great idea we'll find out more about it in just a couple of minutes right here on animal radio but first time for your calls for the doctor or for the dog father toll free 1-866-405-8405 Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. I've got Dr. Debbie standing right here. How can she help you? Well, I have a 14-and-a-half-year-old cat. He was a feral kitten, and I've raised him. He's a great pet. But I've had problems with his ears probably for the last seven years, and it doesn't seem like we can get anything under control, and I'm not sure if he hasn't been misdiagnosed. Okay. Well, what what has he been diagnosed with so far? Well, it started out with ear mites, and the treatments were fairly successful depending on what they were. It seemed like a uh, shot controlled them better than the eardrops. But in the last several years, he's developed, um, he's always congested. He has a thick congestion in his nose. It varies from uh, a white thick mucus to yellow to sometimes bloody Mm, and the last time i had him at the vet um she thought maybe it was a malformation of his nose or a tumor but he always has this black crusty stuff in his ear Mm, okay and i mean is the vet able i mean this is where i like to look into the radio here um are they able to actually see in your kitty's ear canal, or is there just a lot of gunk in there that they can't really get a good look? There's a lot of gunk in there, and um, I've been used, uh, I think the last drops I got were MitaClear, okay. and then there was an 
oxy rinse or something to clean his ear with, but it just it just never goes away. It's always there. Okay. And is he an inside kitty or does he go outside? He's both. He's a farm cat. In the okay. wintertime, he pretty much stays in the house, and in the summertime, he's pretty much out all the time. All right. Well, here's what I would typically do, Karen. When we have, a, especially a chronic ear infection, there's a couple things I would do. Is I would want to make sure we take some nice samples of what that garbage looks like inside the ear and uh-huh. do some things with it. So I put that on slides. I might even culture it. But I definitely want to know more about what we've got. And if I find mites, great. Then we'll treat that way. But I wouldn't stop looking because a lot of times we can find bacterial infections along with that or fungal infections and I want to make sure we get the right medication around there. Now if we've got a lot of garbage in the ear one of the main things we may need to do is to get that out of the ear and that's really hard to do with just squeezing a liquid down the ears and asking you to clean them at home. So um, only thing is age concerns aside with anesthesia I would talk about doing a um, anesthetic flush to get the garbage out and to allow us to look inside that ear canal Um, because there's a lot of things that might be playing a role deeper down in the ear that we really need to get to uh, to the root of Um, and that's how I would try to manage some of those chronic aspects to an ear infection. Now you mentioned some other stuff about the congestion and some of this discharge stuff in some cases with chronic infections in cats in the ears we can actually run into a a development of a type of a polyp that grows um, it may be, you know, a primary problem. The growth is the underlying issue. But in some cases, it's actually a benign growth that can occur deep inside the ear canal. And in some cases, it actually can come from the ear canal and actually go into the back of the throat or down into the back of the mouth. So some of the concerns of a, a growth back there might not be all that far gone. And uh, that might take some actual anesthetic um, procedures to actually look at that and to try to evaluate that a bit further. But that could be something that might be playing a role to cause both that congestion type sign and the ear infection. And you know, I guess the other thing is we, we do have an older kitty here, so we have to keep our eyes open for bad teeth as well as, you know, tumor potentials you know, kind of all the way across the board. But uh-huh. but I, I think that I would get a little bit more aggressive as far as getting those samples, getting the ears cleaned, and then seeing if we might have something like a polyp in there. What is a, what is a fungus in the ear? A fungus. I know, doesn't that sound scary? <laughs> a fungus, it basically, it would be like yeast. Um, the technical world, word is malassezia. And yeast is just as common as bacteria in dogs and cats' ears and on their skin. And it just, it's an opportunist that takes uh, advantage of that real warm, moist environment in that dark ear canal. So, um, yeah, not so much like fungus-like things that, you know, might be growing on your bread in the refrigerator, <laughs> but, um, but a little different class, but actually very common in skin disease in animals. Okay. Well, I, I really think he's kind of lost his hearing in that ear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know how how aggressive to be with his age. Yeah, and that's always something to balance age versus, you know, the condition present. And, and I think only you and your veterinarian can really decide that. But, uh, you know, those are just some thoughts as far as, you know, how we might try and what things to look at um, to see if we can get ahead of this problem and, and try to tackle it. Um, because, you know, living with a chronic ear infection ain't fun for anybody. So, well, thank you so much for your call, Karen. Uh, we appreciate you listening in and, and hope that's of some help for you and your kitty. one 405 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Jimmy Van Patten, and I'm here to talk to you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Are you putting your money into an IRA, pension, or 401k? Then I hope you're prepared to lose 30, 40, 50% or more of your retirement savings, because it's not a question of if the market crashes again. It's a question of when. It's going to happen. Did you know there is a way you can protect and grow your wealth safely and predictably every single year? The people using this approach didn't lose a penny when the market crashed in 2000 or 2008, and they won't lose a penny in the next crash. In fact, their money will continue to grow safely year in and year out, even when stocks, real estate, and other investments tumble. A free report detailing this savings program is now available. This free report shows how you can get guaranteed growth, safety, and wealth-building power without risking your retirement in the Wall Street casino. This is the best way to have a 100% secure retirement. It far outperforms any IRA or 401k. To get this free report, visit bankonyourself.com. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. Did you know it took 39 versions to get the American flag just right? That's proof that great things get even better when they're reinvented. Valvoline's been reinventing motor oil since 1866. And with our all-American roots, we thought it was time to celebrate our legacy by giving away a free American flag. Available at O'Reilly Auto Parts when you buy five quarts of Valvoline motor oil and an oil filter starting at $22.99. See store for restrictions and details. Flag offer expires September 30, 2014. Go to valvoline-usa.com for more info. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is Park Overall. I am just thrilled about Animal Radio. Please, stay and neuter your animals. Please. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app. It's free for iPhone and Android. Download it now. Uh, it's also uh, a great way to listen to the past shows and browse all the great resources we have over at Animal Radio. Let's go to Nils. Hey, Nils, how are you? Hello. Where are you calling from? I'm Santa Barbara, California. Oh, probably listening on KTMS. How are you doing tonight? I am swell, and how are you? Splendid. What what can we do for you? Well, I have a question about our dogs. We have two small um, Maltese male rescues, probably in the age of ten and ten plus years each of them, and they've together been more of a handful than the other Maltese's rescues that we've had in the past. Um, mm-hmm. They're uh, the one in particular. Uh, goes crazy whenever it sees another dog, barks, 
And these dogs are four to five pounds. Once they oh. bark and take a fight with 50-pound dogs. <laughs> oh, sure, that uh, little dog syndrome. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon syndrome for dogs. Yes. Yeah, fortunately, and we're afraid to let it close to other dogs, I have to pick it up when I see another dog in the distance or it'll go nuts, and that'll stop it. The neighbors know the dog because when it's walking down the street because you can hear windows start closing when he's barking. <laughs> so everybody, wow. everybody knows this dog. Um, they also mark uh, in the house and out. The, uh, the dog that barks marks everything as we walk down the street, and the other dog, the dominant dog between the two, uh, will mark right over on top of the other dog wherever it went mm-hmm. immediately after. So there may be some uh, behavior there going on. Um, right, he right. pulls on the chain uh, or his harness. He pulls on his harness and uh, uh, constantly until he's tired. Okay, uh, he yeah. wants to just go everywhere. Just basically, he does whatever he wants to do. We've taken okay. him to obedience training. He graduated, did well, and soon after, he went back to his old ways. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, I think we have a couple different issues going on here. And you do mention, you know, these little guys, um, but with big personalities. And uh, mm-hmm. as the owner of a small terrier type dog, I can tell you that little dogs will challenge you every single day. And if you don't keep up with enforcing the rules and enforcing that you are the leader of the pack by gentle obedience commands, they are going to take over. And that certainly sounds like what's going on here. So the, the first issue that we have is that it seems that we have a loss of whose home is whose. So the urine marking definitely can be behavioral uh, or territorial driven. So a lot of that is going to kind of come back to basic um, obedience, leash training. And I actually, when I walk my dogs, I don't let him pull me and go mark. I let him go when I say, go to the bathroom, and then he urinates. So teaching that self-control, that small step, can go a long way to just having a dog yanking you and urine marking when he feels it's appropriate. That is a gentle way to reassert that you're the leader of the pack. And, you know, okay, this is a great spot. Let's go to the bathroom here. And um, that's one small thing you can practice. Now, the other thing is leash reactivity is uh, certainly sounds like what you got going on. You got dogs yanking, pulling, barking, lunging. Um, so what I'm going to tell you is you need to do a couple things. One is you need to find the, the, the one dog that is the main bark or the main troublemaker, and you're going to separate these guys. And you're going to train them, and you're going to walk them individually because usually there's one problem dog that's starts the reactive barking, and then the other guy may join in. Um, but you need to, in order to give them your full attention, you do need to treat them as individuals. Um, and the first thing, so whether this be walking or training, you do them as an individual. Um, so what is the, the name of the, gen- the dog that has the, the, the primary problem? Oh, the, the barking dog is Hank. Hank, and okay. He's, uh, he's um, yeah, the other dog is Alex, who's an older dog, but the dominant dog between the two. Okay, so for Hank, so particularly for him, the, the, the training tips I'm going to recommend is we need to work on the watch me command. And this is a great way for dogs to learn focus and paying attention to their human leader. And this is something first you really need to practice in the home setting. So basically what I do is put a leash on my dog, let him kind of wander around the yard or the house, or even the vet clinic is where I do this, and let him kind of sniff around and look. And then when he looks at me, I either call his name or I say, watch me. 
and then I reward him. So that's teaching him focus and to really look to you for cues. And that's something you want to practice in a quiet, calm, non-distracting environment and really work on that and master that. Then we move up to going out on a walk. And for your, for your Hank, I'm going to recommend that you go out when, preferably when people and dogs aren't around just so we can practice. Um, because the more that this barking goes on on the leash, it's, it's self-rewarding. So um, it, it's going to set us back if we try to work through it. We need you to try to work at the optimum times when the least distractions. And if you see another dog nearby or coming around, know your dog's distance. Keep him away. And we don't want you to get nervous and anxious. We want you to be calm, assertive, and walk in a different direction. Basically, keep his eye contact away. Eventually, from a distance, we're going to have you work on things. But we want to initially get your walk, get your exercise out, and have him practice those basic leash commands. Sit come. Um, if you, he knows down, do that on the leash out when you're doing your walk and you practice those behaviors. And then we're going to pull in that watch me command when you're out in the field and you're out in the real life scenario. So if you see another dog coming up and he starts to pay attention before he gets too aroused and starts barking, you're going to tell him, watch me. And then you can have him do a replacement behavior. You can give him, hey, shake paw down, do something and reward him. And this is where we have to talk about rewards because rewards have to be high value, especially for a dog that gets this worked up with um, people or other animals. So don't listen to the vet in me. <laughs> You're going to need to use things like brown schweiger, um, cheese, cooked chicken, um, really high value hot dog pieces, mm-hmm. things that your dog is yep. going to really enjoy. And you do this in a really, what we call a, a big payout. So you practice that watch me command and he does it down and you throw oh four small little pieces of hot dog at him and that's a high payout so that he's going to remember oh this is really great i listen to dad i'm going to get something good so that when you're faced with those exciting things in the field you know he's going to be more apt to listen to you and and we, it's, it's bribery we know it <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the basis of how you teach him that watch me command. And then eventually we're going to work up to being around other dogs. But never ever, I would ever, with your dogs, I would ever walk by or directly by. Um, I see people do this all the time where they'll have their dogs sit and the dog's barking and lunging and they sit and wait for someone to walk by. If your dog is that aroused, you need to set distance apart. So don't allow that to happen. That's a totally different type of thing people are doing in those situations. So does that does that seem to make sense? And then and later, once you, you work as an individual, then Hank and Alex can be walked together. But you, it, it really has to be done separately. Those sounds like they sound like wonderful suggestions. So you don't recommend a choke chain? Well, you know, I'm not afraid of choke chains. All my dogs have them, um, but I, they are not going to be the single correction method. Um, I think with the right verbal commands and positive rewards, you can get a far, um, you can go a long way with that. Um, harnesses, they basically create sled dogs. So your little Maltese definitely can be sled dogs even though they're five pounds. So it does nothing to correct their behavior. Now, for some dogs that have trouble focusing, I do like head harnesses um, or the gentle lead harnesses because it naturally kind of redirects their face towards you and you can just kind of gently pull on that. Um, so that's one way that you could use that in a, in a training setting. Hopefully that will help you, Nils. Thank you so much, Dr. Debbie. I All right. Well, good luck. I enjoy your program, and I re- really admire the, how you handle the human communication part of your practice. You oh, must be well, thank you so the much. Office, your patients and their, their, their human owners. That's the tough thank part you. for you, isn't it, is actually dealing with the people, huh? 
Well, yeah, dogs are simple. People are complicated. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Yes, Joey. I got a question on that, Doctor Deb. So uh-huh. let me ask you a question um, because I, I I like choke chains myself. But do you often see injuries from from people not using them properly? Well, I, what I do see is a lot of people are, um, especially small dogs with what they call a collapsing trachea, if you don't mm-hmm. use it properly, you can really hurt them. And, and that's the problem. People don't use the choke chain properly. So it's not something that they're supposed to tug against firmly and consi- uh, constantly. A choke chain is a quick correction, a snap of the leash, and it gives a quick correction. If they're pulling on it or you let them pull on it, you're using it in the wrong way, and, and you're not helping the situation. I saw this great invention. It came across my email this morning. Did you see that, Judy, in your email about the new, the new leash? Yeah, I just kind of glanced at it. I didn't really quite know A new invention was. for the replacing the choke collar, I think. But I think there's a, it's a regular leash, and inside, embedded inside the leash is another, uh, I don't know, string that pulls and corrects them without When they start hurting. pulling. Yes. Yeah, I'll have to find out more about that. Correction. How about gentle leaders? How do you guys feel about that? I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think they're great. I, 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 think I love them. Uh, we use them sometimes in a, in a grooming salon um, yeah. to you know to control dogs. Well, they work. I mean, the way they work. I mean, just like a horse. You know, if you control a thousand pound beast with, um, <laughs> you know, with, with their setup, you know, a gentle leader can work good. The, the, you know, I don't think it works for every dog in every kind of leash situation, but for a dog that lacks focus, I do think it's a really good thing. Okay, so here's the numbers. It's toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If you're not around a phone, but you have a great internet connection, or perhaps you want to download the Animal Radio app, where you can actually ask your questions right from the app as well as listen to past shows and browse all our resources it's a free download so go ahead and download it now you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 hi this is elaine boozler on animal radio stay new to your pets and some of your exes <laughs> <laughs> You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7888. Hi, I'm Junior, Director of Marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. The world is very different since Geico started saving people money over 75 years ago. This interweb thing? Not around. You want to know the answer to something? You just asked old man Russell. And if he didn't know, he made it up. That's why everyone in my town thought lightning bugs were filled with real lightning. Hey, we weren't always the sharpest tools in the shed. But we knew Geico was a smart deal. Geico, saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. 
Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams. Here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. You think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! Like, <laughs> I was going to say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this tested is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston beer from the Boston Mass. It was Boston this is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Vets don't always work in the office. They treat animals in a whole lot of different settings like barnyards, sometimes backyards. And to do that, they often need to carry controlled substances like medications for pain management, anesthesia, or even euthanasia. But right now, the DEA doesn't let them carry those medications outside their registered places of business, usually their vet hospital. Now that is closer to changing. The House of Representatives has passed the Veterinary Medicine Mobility Act. And this bill was sponsored by the only two veterinarians in Congress. They're Democrat Kurt Schrader of Oregon and Republican Ted Yoho of Florida. If the legislation becomes law, it would mean that vets would be able to provide mobile spay-neuter clinics easier, on-site care at rural ranches, disaster response, and at-home euthanasia without being worried about breaking the law. Well, if you have a mixed-breed dog, you actually might consider getting him or her a DNA test. Not only would you be able to find out what combination of breeds went into making your best friend possible, but Dr. David Lindsay of the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Association says you might find out some valuable health information. Certain breeds have a tendency to have certain health problems, so finding out your dog's breed mix could allow your vet to take some preventative and proactive measures. Most DNA tests you can even do at home yourself, and then you send the test off to get the results back. I want a DNA test. Yeah, you should. Me too. I want to see where I came from. Yeah, I'd be afraid about Hal's, though. Could be groundbreaking. Yeah, could be. That's for sure. <laughs> he may I be guess, the very I, only one. <laughs> I guess that's almost like a, like a, like knowing your blood type, more or less. Like um, at one time I went on this blood type diet that if I was able to stay on, made me feel great. So I guess it's the same thing with pets. If you know their DNA, you know you could mm-hmm. you find out a little bit more about them. With the health issues, that's kind of important because you know certain breeds of dogs are really predisposed to certain really serious kinds of bone issues mm-hmm. or structure issues or diseases in later life. And it'd be cool if you could know that ahead of time and maybe do some steps to ward it off or mitigate it. What's a blood type diet? You never heard of that, Hal? Yeah. Oh, that, that was a kick for a while. Yeah, what, you yeah. just it's a, drink blood? It's a diet? No. Yeah, so, yes, yes, it's for vampires. What it is, it's, it's, it's your blood type um, will tell you the best type of foods that, that, um, that you can eat um, and, and actually what you can drink for your body. And I'm blood type A, which I found out that I'm more of a vegetarian than anything else, and I'm a total carnivore at home. And yeah. the problem was is, um, it, it was just extremely difficult to stay on. But I was on it for like six months at one time, wow. and cool. I felt pretty unbelievable in those six months time and then it took one night of of drinking gluttonous and eating, um, shellfish and seafood and, and um didn't, never got back on it you know what you live you life done. only once though yeah. and if you're gonna pass off that sea that shellfish and all of that just for your diet i mean forget it just because of my blood my yeah. blood better get i know what my blood it. would say it would say cheeseburgers and milkshakes and yeah. french fries yeah. there you go that makes you healthy. A new study is finding that chimpanzees inherit much of their intelligence from their parents, pretty much like 
you and me did. Researchers at Georgia State University found that genetics determined as much as 50% of the chimp's performance on a series of cognitive tests. The studies found smart chimps and, well, we'll call them not-so-smart chimps, and the scientists were able to explain a whole lot of the variability by who was related to whom. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. You know, Canine Caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for Canine and Feline Caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Get something started. That's the sound of a Kubota Standard L compact tractor. Now rolling off the line from Kubota's assembly line in Jefferson, Georgia. With a powerful Kubota diesel engine, standard power steering, ergonomic controls, and a deluxe suspension seat, it's more than ready to work. It's ready to help take your productivity to the next level. Kubota's Standard L is a property owner's dream. Powerful, versatile, and comfortable. Choose from two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive models with gear or HST transmission options to make sure you get the right combination of power and performance for your needs. Plus, there's a wide range of performance-matched Kubota implements to help you get even more done, including a quick-attach front-end loader and backhoe. Think of all you can get done and all you can save with low-rate, long-term financing available now. Kubota Standard L Compact Tractors, built for the best things in life. Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio with a real cat lover, Jimi Hendrix. Not a lot of people knew that, but he was. Stop it. Well, what? How do you know, know he was not a cat lover? How do you lover? know he was? Because how could a guy like that not love cats? That's all I'm Guitar, saying. Guitar, cats, they go together? You know what? He died too young, especially for the cats that he had in his life. Okay? So you don't even need to harass me anymore about okay. it. I don't want to hear any more about Sorry. it. Sorry. Uh, speaking of furry felines, Daniel Lutz. Well, he's not a furry feline. Daniel Lutz, <laughs> he's a litigator at the Animal Legal Defense Fund. I'm not sure that segue was as smooth as I prefer my segues to be. Uh, but he is over at the Animal Legal Defense Fund, and they're talking about these kind of strange breeds of cats that are being uh, breeded, uh, these uh, Asian leopard cats and, and servals. And we we have one in our yard that comes yeah. by every once in a while. It these, looks like a wild animal. It probably is. And uh, I wanted to find out more, so we got him on the phone. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? Hi. I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. So tell me, what's going on with these breeding, these hybrid cats, and, and is that a bad thing? Uh, yes. So the hybrid cats uh, are being bred uh, more and more uh, because 
people are attracted to the wild nature, the wild look of them, uh, they happen to ha- have a, a common experience to many other exotic uh, pets in which uh, people are, uh, are thrilled to own them and find them really cute when they're young but they will grow into an animal that people are really unprepared to take care of. Well, like what? I mean, they're not a lion. No, they're not a lion, but they uh, they often act like lions. Okay. Um, and they, they pose many threats, not only to um, to native wildlife, which is really the number one threat, but okay. also to humans, and, to, uh, and they suffer uh, harms themselves from the breeding process. And we're specifically talking about these hybrids, which are, uh, what are the breeds that are being hybrid here? Usually, it could be any number of wild cat, but usually, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the domestic cats are, are bred with an Asian leopard cat, a jungle cat, or uh, even this African serval, which is listed as an endangered species. Mm. Now, are these like first generation that they're doing? You have to go through the first generation to uh, to get to uh, the types of uh, hybrid cats that are available on the market now. So um, the ones that w- we often see in the market are, are further generations down. But to get there, these cats have to suffer uh, re- really awful breeding processes. Yeah. Uh, well, breeding in general is always, uh, except for humans. Well, I suffered. Um, Can I interject a little bit, at least from the veterinary perspective? Because I do see savannas, Bengals, and Chaussies, which are some of the common um, hybrids. And I've seen them come through, and a lot of folks do, with time, become disheartened with them, um, either because they're too wild and they tend to bite, scratch more readily. Um, a lot of them have uh, urinary problems, so inappropriate urination. They, they have that wild drive to mark in the home, and I've seen that really be a problem, and then they start to look to some place to relinquish these guys. That, that uh, so happens with my cat, and my cat's a domestic cat. And, and he's just not, they're not, they're more wild, you know, wired, if you will. Okay. So, so these cats, now how do you tell the difference, other than the exotic markings on these cats, like this one that's cruising around in our yard, can I definitively say that's a, a hybrid just by its markings? Well, often they are larger than uh, your, your average domestic cat, uh, but... Uh, our concern really is this uh, intentional market uh, of breeders. Okay. So it's really ha- often self-defined. And when, when somebody relinquish one of these, the shelters won't take them? Often not, no. Um, we are uh, co-petitioners on a petition uh, to, to restrict hybrid cats in California with a few other sanctuaries who uh, are inundated with these hybrid cats. Um, and they're often a- animal sanctuaries are where these cats end up because they cannot uh, get along well and fit in with your average dog and cat shelter. I bet. Wow. Well, the Animal Legal Defense Fund is a national organization. Why is this only going on in California? Th- this petition particularly? Yes. Um, or The petition that well, you're trying to put forth. Th- the reason we're interested in California is we're headquartered in California, and uh, just like the, the cat that goes through your backyard uh some of my colleagues have when they go out to lunch they often will see hybrid cats on leashes strolling around so it has a special local importance to our organization but uh, california is is becoming uh you know i wouldn't say an outlier state but is there are many other states that actually do have restrictions okay uh, of hybrid cats so California uh, is on the wrong side of, of the issue, from our opinion. Now, are people spaying and neutering these animals and getting them vaccinated? Uh, it, it, yes, it depends who you ask. I think that uh, the responsible owners will say yes, they are, and uh, 
you know, not every cat owner, uh, hybrid or not, is a responsible owner. Well, I see a lot of these problems really go beyond just the uh, the hybrid. They happen with regular cats. But that being said, if people want to get behind you and learn more about it, they can head on over to the website at ALDF.org, ALDF.org, and you can find out a little more about what Daniel's uh, proposing, and uh, we'll see how that uh, pans out. What uh, kind of timeline are you on right here? Yes, yeah, so we submitted our petition on June 26th, and we have uh, it sits with the agency for 30 days before they make their decision. So uh, by July 28th, we should hear whether they will either deny the petition or engage in rulemaking, which would uh, lead to a public hearing and a public comment period. Okay, in just a few days, and we'll keep you up to date on that. The uh, oh, I had one more important question. Oh, this getting old really sucks. You know what? I I I don't know if we touched upon the point that you know the concern partly with yes. the the hybrid cats is natural wildlife. Is that you know domestic cats uh, hunt? They're predatory, and you know some of the concerns I think with um, the hybrid cats is that this is going to be like a cat on steroids out there hunting uh, in the neighborhood. Sure. Yeah, as we point out in our petition, uh, the feral cats are partly responsible for 14% of all extinctions since the 1600s. Wow. And so as these super predator hybrid cats breed, uh, are released or abandoned, and they breed with feral cats, then we can expect, uh, you know, continuing uh, menace to wildlife. Yeah. This legislation that you're trying to put forth, it grants amnesty for or grandfathered animals, that people that already own these animals, if they're spayed and they're neutered, they don't have to worry about that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, a few more requirements as well. They, they will have to be appropriately permitted and uh, have a registered pedigree showing that they're at least four generations removed from the original crossbreeding. All very interested. Keep us up to date, Daniel. We'd like to hear how this pans out. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Daniel Lutz, the litigator for the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Learn more at ALDF.org. ALDF.org. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, it's more like more. We, had a guy, we had a guy on the show. I think he was from Australia, and he wanted um, or he wanted to, like, extinct all the breeds of cats, all of basically, the cats. For, the, yeah. for, the, for, the, for, for almost the same reason that they, you know, they were going out and, and you know, killing all the um, natural wildlife. I think that was in New Zealand. Was that New Zealand? I think so. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio, baby. Don't forget to download the Animal Radio app for your iPhone or Android. It's brought to you by Dr. Fosters and Smith, and you can listen to the entire show or ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani right from the app, as well as browse our deep resources. It's a free download, so do it now. Hi, Maria. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, Maria. All right. Um, I have a question. I have a 13-year-old Papillon. We've never boarded him, and I went and checked out the boarding place. And I'm worried that Kiki's real nervous. What are some of the things okay. that I should do? Oh, great question. I mean, because I think a lot of people go through this type of thing. How How is his general demeanor? How does he do in new situations around new people? Um, he's just, he's very nervous. If he sneezes, he'll shake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, you, so you don't want to clap your hands and get him all worked up there. That's all it takes. And the, 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 the kennel that I looked at, they board like big dogs like huskies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my concern is, you know, he's so old and he's got cataracts and that kind of stuff, and they have an open area. What are some of the things that I should kind of tell the guy? 
Okay, very good. Now, a couple things that I would certainly recommend. One is if we have a way to have a, what they would call a quiet room, um, I would prefer that for him. Um, some kennels, they have a kind of a group area where big dogs and small dogs are all housed together, and that really can be a little in, intimidating for small dogs. So I prefer them to be actually housed separately if possible. Um, if they can do that, that would be a big plus. Now, one thing I would do is I'd suggest um, basically a dry run ahead of time. And basically, um, we do this here at my office where if we have a new boarder where they're not really familiar with the situation, the building, I like to have them come in and have them spend a few hours at the office where they get to the familiarity, where the, where the pets walk, um, meet the people in the, in the kennel care situation, because that really helps to build a relationship for the pet and helps them to kind of feel a little bit more at ease. So um, I would see if they might do a day boarding situation for you there. And um, is your doggy, is um, your dog kennel trained or crate trained? He's crate trained, and I was going to take the crate so that he'd have a safe place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's take a very blanket. Good. <laughs> yeah, and you'll you know, definitely have to kind of follow with whatever rules they have. But if you're allowed to bring those items, anything that helps to make him feel more comfortable and more at home. Um, and I try to also make sure we stick to schedules and find out what the kennel schedule is. When do they feed? When do they walk? And if possible, make sure your schedule is kind of close to that. So if we keep up those repetitions, we know this time is where we're going to go for a potty walk. We're going to get food at this time. Um, that is a little bit more, uh, makes it a little bit easier transition for the individual pet when they're kind of put in this kind of noisy, scary situation. Um, and some dogs thrive on it. And, you know, you'd be surprised. Some dogs just really, they love the group interaction they hear the other dogs barking and they really can have a good time with it um, one other thing you might try and we can certainly um, you know I'm a big fan of using pheromones and this is an indication where we can use a, a collar that has the scent hormone or pheromone impregnated in it and it basically helps to release a calming hormone uh, for the individual pet and uh, that might help to make a transition in this new environment so uh, I'd give that a whirl as well where would I find one of those at? You can find a collar like that, a pheromone collar, pretty much at any uh, pet stores, um, any major pet stores, and then as well as at your veterinary office. So uh, I'd uh, you know, give that a whirl. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay, I hope that boring visit goes well. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. Do you have a dog or a cat or a bird? Give us a call at 1-866-405-8405. You gotta thank the guys and love the guys over at Litter Robot for underwriting Animal Radio and for inventing the Litter Robot. It's an automated litter box which is simple as changing the kitchen garbage bag every few days. You don't need any cartridges for this. You don't need any special litters. Seven minutes after your cat uses it, get this, the Litter Robot automatically rotates. Like a big globe rotates and it sifts the waste clumps from the litter and it deposits it into a large waste drawer lined plastic bag. It doesn't have to be a specific plastic bag. It could be any kind of uh, kitchen bag that you get at the store. Yeah, if you run out of bags, you don't have to run out and buy special bags or, or get cartridges. Them ordered. Cartridges, no. This is what you have in your house. You will save up to 50% on litter because that's how good this sifter is in this litter robot thingy. And it will give you time and freedom to do other things. Maybe even take that weekend trip you've been thinking about. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the litter over the weekend. It's made in the USA with a 90-day money-back guarantee and an 18-month full warranty. Check them out at litter-robot.com, litter-robot.com.
You know, they always have those automatic feeders you can leave your cat for 24 hours or for the weekend, and you still had the problem with the litter, but now that's covered. Let's head back to the phones with Dr. Debbie, and we have Joanne on the phone. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Oh, hi. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I should say hi, Dr. Debbie. (laughs) Hi, Dr. Debbie. What can we do for you today? Well, I heard your show a couple of weeks ago, and unfortunately, I forgot where it was on the radio. So I can't, and it was the best show I heard. And I can't oh, find awesome. it now. So when this is over, let me know where you are again. Mm-hmm. My five-year-old female Boston Terrier. She, um, um, we separated from, she and I separated from my husband three years ago. And she left, we left the house, her only knowings. And um, I moved into an apartment that was not the greatest. And she um, had an awful lot of fears of other animals. She stayed only in her backyard, you know, at the house Mm -hmm. and had her family. And she didn't have her family. She kept having to go for walks, you know, to go potty. She kept running into other dogs and people who didn't like her. And there was a lot of gunfire in the area. I only lasted two months there. But that started this this fidgetiness and this fear of just about everything. I finally got out of there and moved to where I am now. I've been here since February, and it has stayed and yet gotten worse. She uh, sometimes begins, usually in the evenings, trembling so bad that I can't even hold her still, and her eyes are as big as biscuits. I'd swear she was hallucinating over something. And I can't mm-hmm. calm her no matter what. I do use Benadryl occasionally. And maybe it helps, maybe it doesn't. It really depends on her, I guess. She will not leave um, the room that I'm in. She follows me everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's now started this kissing thing where she will kiss my hands and my arms, my feet, my legs, which I don't let her do for long because I just don't care for it. Um, she can kiss my face all she wants, you know, and I kiss her. But she will do this continually and not stop unless I stop her. And she used to let me go out front and visit friends. And now she's right there at the door, either crying like crazy because I'm gone or mm-hmm. barking. And she will not okay. take a nap, take a rest, nothing. She's okay. just afraid of everything and very, very nervous, very nervous. Okay, and does she get along with other dogs? Um, not the greatest. She's not aggressive, but she will take herself away from them. She will go into another room. She will... I have a friend who has an animal that she brings over occasionally, and only because he is so marvelous will I allow it. Uh, Chloe will give up any toy once he comes near. She Mm -hmm. becomes totally submissive. And we'll go into another room. Okay. Where she can still we, see us, but not around the dog. Okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like this poor little darling has been through a lot. And um, yeah. a lot of her environmental exposure has kind of gradually led to some of her responses. And um, it can be very challenging to um, undo some of the fear responses because it's so much harder to overcome 
fear with a positive experience. So you really have to kind of repeat and flood the pet with positive experiences, teaching them confidence and not rewarding the anxious and the nervous behavior. Now, am I correct? Are you around her most of the time or are you away parts of the day or at oh, work no. or what have you? I'm, I'm always here unless I go to the store or a doctor's appointment. I'm disabled and I'm here. Okay. Always with her. And in, in the average situation, for most dogs, that arrangement's fine. Your presence with her, for as much as you are, it doesn't allow her a lot of time to develop independent or confident behaviors on her own. So when you're not there, it's natural for her to be fearful because you're kind of her reassurance. Mm-hmm. So the work that we would have to do is really to teach her to be independent, to be strong, and to not act fearfully to these different triggers. First, this is going to take a lot of work with a, probably with a trainer, so that we can work to find out individual sounds or sights or things that are triggering these responses. Uh, say it's a doorbell. Say it's the thunderclap. Um, say it's a person coming by the window and walking by. All of those things that make her fearful, we're going to have to try to control that while we're working with her and desensitizing those uh, fear responses. So it will be some effort, and we can probably tap upon the old Vladdy's shoulder and see how he might help things. For a pet that's this fearful, though, I will often put my hand into the the little well of um, pharmaceuticals and I feel that that can be very helpful and Benadryl doesn't hurt in this situation but it's really not not appropriate for uh, an anxiety yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it would certainly be warranted to see your veterinarian make sure we're in good health there's nothing else weird going on that could be attributing any kind of behavior issues Um, but but I would certainly see about working with a trainer and getting her possibly on a behavior medication to kind of help work with some of these um, uh, fearful responses that she's having. And then with positive experiences, we can undo that effect. But it, it will take a while, and um, you know, it's something that I don't encourage people to do on their own. Okay. Okay. Looks like you have a little work to do ahead of you there. Please let us know if we can help you again, Joanne, on that. I will. Thank you. I will. God bless you all. Where are you listening today? Um, I can't find you on the radio. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're AM or FM. I can't remember. I was fiddling one day. I, I, I think you're listening to Kino. AM. Uh, yes. Yes. God okay. bless you. I can <laughs> listen more now. Good. Thanks so so much, Joanne. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terrier, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend over at Amazon.com. And, of course, links over at AnimalRadio.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. It's toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. What you don't like the new intro? I don't like the new intro. You know what it reminds me of? You know, you see at car lots, you see that big guy standing there that they blow the hot air and he waves real slow, <laughs> bends over and stands back up. Yeah, there's a brand new little bass work on our intro, and I guess you've noticed that after it, ten years. Of... It sounds like the speed is wrong, and you're just catching up, like it's warped. Oh uh, no, that's that's actually Guido playing the bass. So don't uh, get don't Guido get on his drunk. case. Yeah, I wouldn't say that too loud. 
Maybe you'll uh, find something in your locker when you come back tomorrow. Uh-oh. A big show today. In fact, this hour, we're going to have a hero of the week. Uh, hero people. Actually, several people. They are locked up in prison behind bars. I will tell you that right now. I look oh, forward that's to my them. hero. Yeah, that's, you might even know them, Joey. <laughs> sure. What are you working on today? You know, we're going we're gonna to talk about a, a question about when is it too old to have your dog groomed and when you need to adjust that haircut to make it a little bit easier for your pet. That's uh you mean there's an age where you have to stop grooming them? Cause well, it not not that you got to stop grooming, but there's a time where you have to change um you know the type of grooming that's being done because it becomes very stressful at times and there's been situations where pets have actually died on the table because of the grooming no. process uh, because of the stress. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, really? it's, it's it's listen, it's it becomes stressful. You mean somebody takes wow. their dog to the groomer and it dies? Well, they usually it's have happened. something wrong with them first and then it just pushes them over the edge. Okay. Well, I'm going to be listening for that. I- I'm frightened now. Wouldn't think that would happen. On the show also, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a lady who's put together a blood mobile with the University of Penn, uh, a blood mobile for animals. You know, like the library mobile that used to come around <laughs> deliver books? And the ones uh-huh. with the no. would collect blood. Uh, Wait a second, Mage. I don't remember a library. You, you'd read a book in the front, and then you move to the back, and they'd give you blood. You don't remember the. Uh, you don't remember the book. Oh mobile? wait a minute! No, I do. I do it. Why you just you just triggered something? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. This okay. lady has put together an animal blood bank mobile and is going around collecting blood of animals. I don't know why. We'll find out. I guess there's a big need for that, isn't there, Doctor Debbie? Absolutely. Yeah, we use blood for a lot of different uh, reasons in practice. Do you have? Where do you get your blood from? Where do you get your blood from? We have vampires locally that draw blood. <laughs> so no, you need to have a blood bank. So we have to usually um, have that obtained from a place that processes and purifies it. And it can be done on the fly at a vet office, but you know, we want to cross and type. Hey, Dr. Deb, is blood in demand in, in, in canines? I mean, like people where sometimes there's a shortage or is it usually readily available? Oh, yeah. Over the last holiday weekend, we had need for both cat blood and dog blood and had some challenges, especially with the cat. Um, so we had to have some shipped in after uh, um, after the holiday, and uh, it, it can be really limit what you can do if you need to do surgery and a pet already is anemic, um, or if they have some problem where you're going to anticipate heavy bleeding. So mm. it's life saving. Just to show you how much in demand it is, remember the story we did a month ago about the doctor in Texas who uh. saved the the animals he was supposed to euthanize. He kept alive for blood transfusions. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, he he kept it readily available. Yeah, he's going to prison, or he's losing his license. Good. Or someone's going to slap him on the hand really good. I don't know what's going to happen. But we'll tell you right here on Animal Radio. Uh, call for Dr. Debbie on line four. No, let's go to line five, okay? We've given, we've given line five no attention today. Sean, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie? Yeah, I've got a dog problem. Okay. I've got a Chinese pug uh, getting eyesight's getting real bad. I've just been wondering... I've I ain't a doctor, but looking at it, it looks like cataracts. Is there anything they can do for that? Or Well, potentially. And I guess the first thing is that when, when we have a color change to a dog's eyes and they're starting to turn cloudy and kind of white, a lot of times we just kind of logically think they're cataracts, but it's not always the case. So the first thing that I would do is I would certainly want to take a look at your doggy's eyes um, because we can have cataracts form with age. Sometimes even things like diabetes will cause cataracts. But in some cases, we truly can just get an aging in the lens of a dog's eye, what we call lenticular sclerosis. Um, and it's just an aging change. So it isn't always something that is really severe for their vision. 
Um, and can even in some breeds see some corneal disease that makes the eye kind of white. And it's a different area of the eye. So it definitely, I'd say, start with a, a vet exam. Let's take a peek at the eye because that, for me, makes a big difference in what we do. Um, and if we do find that your dog has cataracts, um, there are some things to do. One is, yes, there, there is surgery. We can have those removed. It's generally done with a veterinary ophthalmologist. Um, but even short of removing cataracts, there's a lot we can do medically to help manage that. And anytime I have a diagnosis of a cataract, I always, always want to do a diabetic screening on that pet. So if you have a dog with cloudy eyes and you haven't had them checked at the vet, that is definitely going to get that those car keys in your hand and get a region uh, to get that pet checked out. Um, but for some pets with cataracts, with time, um, you know, they may adjust. If they lose their vision with that, they can get along okay. But we don't tell people to ignore cataracts because there can be some problems that occur besides the vision loss. And that is what we call lens-induced uveitis. So cataracts leak a type of protein into the eye, and that can cause inflammation, which can cause pain, and can really make a pet very miserable. Um, so if we have cataracts, um, in many cases, I will put a pet on a topical anti-inflammatory to keep that in check, um, keep those pets comfortable, and, you know, then monitor their vision. If there's any other problems where the lens slides out of position um, and luxates out, then we may talk more surgery and things like that. Um, but definitely, there are certainly things to do. Now, I am not a fan of those um, supplements that'll say they'll restore vision, remove cataracts. Um, that's just a bit shahooey in my mind. Um, so, uh, so, so don't fall into that. But uh, so I would definitely say. Now, do you see Sean, your your doggy, having trouble getting around, or you're just noticing the color change? Yeah, sometimes uh, he's got a chihuahua that he hangs out with, and if Chihuahua ditches off from him. I think he can see him because he's black, you know, and he's easy to see. But if he veers off and goes off on his own, he'll run into stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Concerned about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'd say definitely. Let's let's get these eyes checked out. Now, one, you know, following another pet around, but sometimes we'll do what we call a cotton ball test at home. So if you cover one of your dog's eyes and you throw a cotton ball horizontally in front of their eyes, if they notice it and they watch it going by them, um, then we still have some vision in that eye. If they're not seeing that, then that's, that's going to be something that we really want to check that pet out, see if we've got advanced cataracts or maybe some other causes of vision loss there. Thank you so much for your call, Sean. I hope that's of some help and, and uh, give your give your old guy a pat on the head and, and hope he follows his friend around pretty well around the house there. Got him with and I dog, right? <laughs> you, you got it. <laughs> Thanks for your call. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call here at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish, sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. Umber Liquidators just acquired truckloads of top quality flooring from brands like Armstrong at unbelievably low prices. And now you get the deals at the incredible flooring buyout sale on now through July 29th. Get clearance flooring for just 29 cents a square foot. Solid three-quarter pre-finished gunstock oak is 189 with quick click for 159 
So go to LumberLiquidators.com today to find the store nearest you. Special 18-month financing is available. But hurry, this sale ends Tuesday. Get something started. That's the sound of Kubota's new Grand L60 Series compact tractor. With all new common rail, tier 4 final Kubota diesel engines that don't sacrifice power and torque. Plus, more versatile deluxe features than you ever thought you could find in a compact tractor. Let's start at the front, where in addition to that powerful Kubota engine, you'll find Kubota's redesigned Grand L60 cab with panoramic views, increased legroom, deluxe air conditioning, ergonomic controls, and a swivel suspension seat. In the rear, the Grand L60 features live independent PTO and impressive three-point lift capacity with telescoping lower link ends for quick, simple implement hookups. Starting to see where this tractor gets its grand name? Wait until you see how affordable it can be, too, with low-rate long-term financing available now. Kubota Grand L60 Series Compact Tractors, built for the best things in life. Visit Kubota.com to find your local Kubota dealer. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Radio toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You can also download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and uh, ask your questions right from the app, as well as listen to the show on your terms whenever you want. And uh, that's always good because sometimes you can't always get to the radio when you want to. That's what I like about. It. Sometimes I'll listen to Animal Radio. I don't even listen to it now. I'll actually listen to it in a couple <laughs> of hours. I know Joey's the same way with that. Uh, coming up. Yes. In just a few minutes, our hero dog, or excuse me, our hero person of the week is actually hero people, and I will tell you ahead of time, they are in prison and behind bars. How can a hero be behind bars? I'm just saying. Okay. You'll have to be listening for that. This should be a good one. Yeah, Yeah, it should be. This is interesting. I think this might be the only one of its type. It's an animal blood bank. You know those mobile blood banks that go around? They Like they come here to the, the animal radio studios once a year and they ask us to draw, go out and draw blood. Apparently they don't know about animal radio talent. Yeah, but it's actually a blood mobile, not just a blood bank. You see, for humans. Now this one is for dogs. Yes. This is, uh, and we have Kimberly Marriott on the phone. She works for the uh, Penn's Animal Blank. She's actually, Penn's. Oh, you want to try that again? She works for Penn's Animal Blood Bank, and she's actually the manager over there, top dog over there. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Now, is this the only blood bank that you know of that's doing this, actually collecting blood, going a mobile blood bank going around collecting blood from dogs and other animals for uh, transfusions or for whatever the, the blood might be necessary for? Yes, um, as far as we know, it's the only mobile unit that goes out. There's plenty of other animal blood banks, but no other mobile blood banks. Why was there a need for this, did you feel? Uh, well, being located in the center of Philadelphia, it was hard for the people to come out and you know find parking, and they really had to go out of their way, so we wanted to make it easier on them and go to them with our equipment, and they can just come out their front door. We park right in the street or in their driveway, and makes it a lot easier for them. Well, well, now, wait a second. You mean people normally bring their dogs in to, to donate blood? Yes. 
Yeah, they used to bring them into the hospital. We still have some people that live close enough that we'll still bring them into the hospital. I but didn't in know this that. case, yeah, yeah. So in this case, we actually um, we take the blood mobile out, whether it be, I mean, we can meet anywhere, like in a store parking lot. We can meet at a veterinarian practice anywhere. And we have one person that actually coordinates a drive and makes appointments, and people come and bring the dog in to donate. So I'm assuming you've had a big increase of donors. Yes, once we did the mobile unit, absolutely, yeah. Like I said, it was much easier for people. Well, now, how much blood does a dog give, usually? And I would imagine that uh, the size of the dog matters. Yes, yeah, dogs can safely donate 10 mLs per pound, so we ask that the dogs be over 55 pounds, oh. and that way they actually donate a pint, just like a, a human being. Yeah, wow. I was, if you did a pint with uh, Ladybug, that would be all, all you'd yeah, have. Yeah, what, yeah. Uh, so how many animals will this save or help? Well, it depends. I mean, a, a pint of blood is then taken back to our hospital and processed down into two units of plasma and one unit of packed red blood cells, so it could potentially go to three different dogs. Um, of course, if we have, you know, a 10-pound chihuahua that comes in, we're going to break that, that unit down even smaller, so it could potentially help multiple dogs in that sense. So can a dog's blood help a lot of different dogs, or does it have to be the same blood type like with people? There, it's actually very complicated. There's over a dozen different blood types in the dog, and there wow. is one type which is called DEA 1.1 negative, which is what they consider the universal blood type in dogs. So that type can go to any dog. Twelve but different. Other than that, holy moly! I just learned last yeah. week on Animal Radio, really great show, by the way, if you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> I just learned last week that human blood humans can't donate their blood because they're totally different pieces, totally different blood. So you're telling me there's 12 different types of dog blood, or, or, or what about cats? Yes, cats are totally different. It's all species-specific. Holy um, moly. It's not breed-specific. So, you know, your golden retriever can donate to your to your pug. It doesn't matter as long as they have the same, same blood type. But, um, yeah, cats actually have three different blood types. Um, it's A, B, and A, B. But absolutely, you can't, can't cross them over to dog or to human or anything like that. So, if you're trying to collect twelve different types of blood, you've got to collect a. You got to have a lot in storage, don't you? I guess is what I'm trying to say poorly. (laughs) Yes, actually, what we do is we usually collect the DEA 1.1 negative, and in that case, like I said, that's kind of the universal, so we don't have to keep everything else. Is that pretty common in a lot of dogs? That type of blood? It's about. It's a fifty-fifty chance. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's not. It depends on the area. It depends on the genetics. Depends on what mom and dad were. It's hard to say. Just, you know, we just bring them in, we type them, and, and we cross our fingers. <laughs> and does that blood stay there, or does it go across the country? Where does it Where does it end up? Um, we use it in at the University of Pennsylvania. Uses it within the hospital. Yeah, a lot of different places. Like in, in my area in Las Vegas, we have a local blood bank. So a lot of times, you know, they'll have drives in different regional areas so that, you know, they mm-hmm. have those products really? nearby. Sometimes you have to ship them. If you're in a low-service area and you don't have this kind of service, you know, there are blood banks that actually ship blood products out to veterinary offices. Wow. And, and I think for the listeners, you know, the value of this, so, so many good people are willing to bring their pet to donate for this cause. Well, and, I don't know, you know the pet agrees. 
Well, you have to have the right personality, <laughs> but you know, I can tell you, my own dog has donated um, when we had some very critical ill patients in the hospital, and it, it it is a great sense of reward. And if your pet tolerates it, and it's it it's it goes over easily, it can be a wonderful experience. And just think of you know the animals we use this on are hit by car. Um, they can have sometimes immune problems. You know, sometimes horrible anemias from uh, chronic disease or infections. So it really can be very life saving. Until your pet needs blood, you won't even think about it. So this is a great eye-opener for people. What is the shelf life? The shelf life is very similar. It's all, it's, we kind of follow the same guidelines as the human Red Cross. So our shelf life is about 28 days for the packed red blood cells, but the plasma is frozen and actually lasts for a year. When I give blood, they give me a cookie and some uh, <laughs> orange juice, orange juice or, afterwards. Uh-huh. What, what happens with the dog? You. Yeah, we like to say that the, the dogs that come back, and I just want to point out that no one, none of them are sedated, and the owner's there the whole time. They're barely restrained. It's very volunteer. Um, and the, some of the dogs will come back so often that they jump up on the table and lay there. And the reason they do that <laughs> is because afterwards they receive a huge bowl of what we call doggy chocolate cake, which uh. is our uh, very wet canned fattening food, and they love it. So they think of us as the food truck. Not the blood mobile, but we're the food truck that pulls into our driveway. Well, now you do a blood screening too. Is that um, something that the that they can walk away with for future medical appointments or anything? Or absolutely, each, each dog is um, screened yearly for just a general health screen to make sure they're healthy enough to donate, and also um, heartworm test and and tick borne diseases and anything like that. Um, and they can they get a copy of that that they take to their vet. So it's it's about five hundred dollars worth of blood work that they don't have to have done at their regular vet free of charge that we pay for. Wow. Yeah, we got to find out well, that's if there's great. some around around other yeah. parts of the country. Yeah, it's, let's start yeah. one. It's uh, yeah. and it's just like Doctor Debbie says. It's something that you don't even think about until your animal needs it. So, mm-hmm. and I never thought about donating my animal's bloods. And uh, you know, I don't know if I could walk in and fill. Gratitude for making somebody else's take somebody else's blood uh, instead of mine, but I know that it might be very helpful. Do people bank their own blood, their own animal's blood for their own animal? Ever? Um, no, they don't do that. They um, now unless they're going. We've had some animals that they know are going into surgery and have a chance might actually need blood, and they'll take some of their own just to hold on to it for that surgery. But in general, it's usually not that way. Um, they usually are. You know, it's it's other people that bring their animals in and people are great i mean people come in the middle of the night if we call certain donors we've called because we have a we had a hemophiliac that needed a certain product a cryoprecipitate or we have something that's bleeding that needs platelets and we can make all that stuff but we have to make it fresh and these people are so dedicated that we can call them and say hey can can we get your dog in an hour you know and and they'll do it so it's a big reward for the for the owners of the dogs they just they love it they're very dedicated well, mostly for the dog. We've got to give the dog some pats yeah. on the back. Forget the owners. You know. Um, well, thank you so much. I learned so much uh, today on the show, and I'm going to come back next week, too. The website is vet.upan.edu, and I'll put links to that over at animalradio.com. Kimberly Marriott has been our guest. She's the manager of Penn's Animal Blank Bank. Boy, I'm having trouble with that. Penn's Animal Blood Bank. And uh, she's doing good work over there. Thank you so much for teaching me so much today no problem thank you for having me let's head back to the phones this time for you for dr debbie or for joey volani one 405 8405 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. Uh, You're awesome. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A mother and son accused of stealing a snake from a Cleveland pet shop were arrested when they returned to the scene of the crime, asking for books on how to care for a snake. Surveillance video taken during the crime showed that the mother and son snake sneakers worked as a team. The 15-year-old took the 30-inch baby boa constrictor from its cage, wrapped it around his neck, and then covered it with his jacket, while his mom acted as a lookout. Police say the video showed the head of the boa poking out of the kid's jacket. The snake, worth around $300, was recovered from their home and returned to Petland. A court date has been set. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Did you know it took 39 versions to get the American flag just right? That's proof that great things get even better when they're reinvented. Valvoline's been reinventing motor oil since 1866. And with our all-American roots, we thought it was time to celebrate our legacy by giving away a free American flag. Available at Walmart when you buy five quarts of Valvoline motor oil at the everyday low price of $16.47. See store for restrictions and details. Flag offer expires September 30, 2014. Go to valvoline-usa.com for more info. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner of his ransacked apartment, wondering what kind of nitwit steals a futon. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency had helped him with renter's insurance, and he got full replacement. Unfortunately, Little Jack Horner had to have his stomach pumped when he ate a six-month-old Christmas pie. Visit Geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Are you putting your money into an IRA, pension, or 401k? Then I hope you're prepared to lose 30, 40, 50% or more of your retirement savings. Because it's not a question of if the market crashes again. It's a question of when. It's going to happen. Did you know there is a way you can protect and grow your wealth safely and predictably every single year? The people using this approach didn't lose a penny when the market crashed in 2000 or 2008, and they won't lose a penny in the next crash. In fact, their money will continue to grow safely year in and year out, even when stocks, real estate, and other investments tumble. A free report detailing this savings program is now available. This free report shows how you can get guaranteed growth, safety, and wealth-building power without risking your retirement in the Wall Street casino. This is the best way to have a 100% secure retirement. It far outperforms any IRA or 401k. To get this free report, visit bankonyourself.com. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. We all know how expensive veterinarian bills can be, but only 1% of pet parents have pet insurance. 
And many of the people who do say their policies are confusing and in some cases downright misleading. That might be because people expect the policies to be more like human health insurance. But since pet insurance falls into the category of property insurance, There basically are no rules. California may become the very first state to change that, though. The state's Department of Insurance has gotten so many complaints about pet insurance being unfair that Democratic Assemblyman Matt DeMabney of Los Angeles is reviving an effort that was vetoed by former Governor Schwarzenegger to set guidelines for the pet insurance industry. Now, if California is successful, this could prompt a countrywide effort to regulate the pet insurance industry. And get this, Americans are expected to spend more than $15 billion on pet care this year. One of the most common causes for a call to the Animal Poison Control Center is that a pet has eaten human medications, and they might not even be your meds. Often these are pills found in the purse or travel bag of a visitor. And that's something to think about right now during summer when you might have more house guests coming in and out. Good idea is to remind anybody at the house to make sure their prescriptions are safely stashed away where any curious pets can't find them. And if you want to get rid of unwanted or outdated pills, flushing them is not the way to do it. The ASPCA says water treatment facilities cannot remove drugs from the water supply. Once they get in there, they pose a serious threat to animals. People, too. But with animals, some of those drugs can seriously affect the animal's ability to reproduce. Best way to safely get rid of meds is through the DEA's National Drug Take-Back Days. Those are usually held in April and in October. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster & Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian-owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster & Smith has thousands of name-brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com, because your pet's health and happiness come first. Lumber Liquidators just acquired truckloads of top quality flooring from brands like Armstrong at unbelievably low prices. And now you get the deals at the incredible flooring buyout sale on now through July 29th. Get clearance flooring for just 29 cents a square foot. Solid three-quarter pre-finished gunstock oak is $189 with quick click for $159. So go to LumberLiquidators.com today to find the store nearest you. Special 18-month financing is available. But hurry, this sale ends Tuesday. Geico presents Fan Mail to a Pig. Dear Maxwell, I just want to say thank you for making my Geico insurance ID card digital. It's easy to find on the app. It doesn't give me paper cuts. And I always have it on hand because it's on my phone. Because of this, I finally cleaned out my glove box, which was filled with years of paper ID cards. Any thought on what I should put in my glove box now? Sincerely, Trent Patterson. Hmm, Trent, what can you put in the glove box? Here's a crazy thought. How about gloves? Digital insurance ID cards. Just a tap away on the Geico app. Another party animal on Animal Radio. I'm your party animal, Vinnie Penn. A friend of mine calls me up over the weekend and said he's been seeing a new girl. And he says, you know, we were having a great time. I was actually over her house. She's a mom. uh, And he was playing Yankees Monopoly. And I said, oh, you're getting pretty deep in, my man. You're hanging out. It's the mother. It's the daughter. You're playing board games. You're getting knee deep in there. And he goes, well, I don't know how much more. And I said, well, why? He said, well, she put her daughter to bed. 
And we were sitting there talking, nice New England fire roaring, a very Norman Rockwell scenario, I would imagine, the 2010 version. And he said, and I, I, I had to find a genteel way to just say to her, hey, FYI, uh, there's half a mouse and some vomit on your floor. And she said, excuse me? He, this is him telling me. She said, excuse me? And he goes, yeah, just, you know, if you were going to go in the kitchen and get a refresher glass of wine or anything, there's half a mouse and some vomit on your floor. <laughs> he proceeds to tell me, and she says, oh, she gets up, she goes, she has three cats who are just always running into the house with either a bird wing still flapping in its mouth or what's left of a mouse, and they typically then proceed to vomit. And he's like, well, bye-bye. Yet another case of multiple cats equals single forever. It could even explain the divorce and, and her being a single mom. I remember there was a girl that uh, I dated many, many years ago. And one time, same thing happened. Uh, just sitting around the house. This is when we were we were kids. That's why I say many, many, many years ago. And her cat just came walking in, like, you know, with a bird. It looked like it was fresh from the cat Burger King. It had, like it had ketchup all over its face, and yet it wasn't ketchup. It was bird blood. Three savage cats leaving the remains of a mouse around the house may equal. Eleanor Rigby, Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. Animal Radio, yeah. celebrating our connection with our pets, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. It is time, once again, for my favorite segment, the Hero of the Week. And this week, kind of a couple of heroes here. Uh-huh. I want to start off with uh, inmates at a California correctional facility is going to be my hero. These are female inmates. And Jeanette Thomas, the executive director of Pathways to Hope, who's bringing dogs into the uh, prison system to be rehabilitated and used to help kids with autism, people with autism. And we welcome her to the show. Hey, Jeanette, how are you doing? Hi, good morning. How are you? Awesome. Tell us about your program. What are you doing? Uh, well, uh, the program at the California Institution for Women is one of four programs, in fact. And that particular program, we take dogs from local shelters and rescue groups, and we bring them into the institution, and we train the female inmates to train the dogs specifically for children with autism. Uh, we go through a basic obedience program, which lasts about 10 weeks, and then when we find the dogs that are just exceptional in temperament, we typically move them on to the advanced training phase where they go under uh, probably about four to six months of intensive training and socialization so they're appropriate for these you know, kids with amazing challenges in life. These animals, these dogs that are shelter dogs are getting a second chance. And these inmates, i got to tell you, if I was in prison, I would love to have a dog to Wouldn't that be awesome? teach and, and oh, absolutely. companionship just to have. So they're, they're both saving each other, it seems like. These dogs actually sleep with the inmates, is that correct? Uh, the dogs stay in the... Um the prison. They stay in the uh, in the cell with the inmates, so they're pretty much three bodies in one little cell. You have two inmates and one dog, so it gets to be kind of crowded, but it is an experience that many of them treasure. 
Well, now, how are the inmates decided, which inmates are decided to take part in this program? I would, would imagine all of them want to. It's not for the faint of heart, because remember, you have responsibility for a dog 24-7, which is a lot of work. Where, where else are you going to be? Yeah. <laughs> what else I are you going to do? But, That's know, true. It, it's interesting, <laughs> because the ladies have a full-time job at these institutions, uh-huh. plus they do the training as a volunteer function. So the dogs go with them to, to chow, they go with them to work. Uh, if they're not able to take them because of the place that they work, like the cafeteria, someone else has to assume responsibility. The dogs are never kenneled, so they're really with someone 24-7, which is a huge responsibility. But the, the benefit of having that dog just, you know, is amazing treat, and it's very therapeutic for the inmates. How do you train the inmates to train the dogs? Well, we run uh, training classes there. We're in every week. And before the dogs come in, we run about four weeks of lecture and demo so that the inmates learn how to train a dog, learn the psychology of training a dog, just like working with a person. And then once the dogs come in, we select the inmates to work with each dog based on their personality and that of the personality of the dog. So it's a a good match as opposed to having, you know, a square peg in a round hole. I'm assuming that these skills are something that they can take with them. Perhaps now when they get out of prison, this is something they might think about doing, working with dogs? Absolutely. There are many uh, women who have since paroled from the program at CIW, which is uh, the acronym for the institution, who have gone out and, um, you know, with our guidance and our mentoring, have gone on to uh, secure jobs in training for, you know, Petco, PetSmart, gone out on their own, and we offer them that guidance to to build a career that way. What happens to a dog that doesn't make it, that doesn't graduate from the class, isn't quite there? Oh, don't worry about that. All of the dogs are never returned to the shelter. Uh If the dog doesn't have, and I'll refer to it as the right stuff, because it really takes an exceptional dog to work with these children, they are lovingly adopted by members of the general public. So it's really, you know, you mentioned about the win with the inmates and the dogs. It's really a trifecta. Those who adopt these dogs or get them as service dogs, also the beneficiary, because they, we know everything about the dog, if they like kids, if they don't, men, women, and work on all those little special needs they have before they graduate. Well, you know, you talk about the dogs are winners, the inmates are winners, but also the kids who have autism. Yes. How do the dogs help them? The dog is really uh, functions as a bridge. You know, depending on where the child is in the spectrum will really dictate what type of service the dog can provide to the child and the family. Uh, we've recently worked with families where the children are nonverbal, and because they have this dog that is really nonjudgmental, they can look at the dog without feeling intimidated. You know, the parent expects a response. The dog doesn't really care. Um, they become more comfortable, communicate. They learn to use physical attributes such as throwing and running, which many of them couldn't do before because they were always had the pressure of a human being rather than a dog that loves unconditionally. Sure. Wow. So this prison pup program, is this the only one in the country or are there others like it? Oh, no. This, um, this Cell Dogs program is one of dozens. Uh, the programs were started back in 81 by Sister Pauline Quinn up in Washington State at that prison. And she was definitely the, um, I'll say, the matriarch and the founder of many of the programs throughout the United States. I believe there's about 43 of them that currently exist. Uh, in the state of California, we have four programs. Uh, there's another organization that has two. 
and it's really dictated on the ability to get buy-in from upper management within these correctional institutions from the warden on down because if you don't have that type of support, the program is, is not bound to be successful. Mm. Your organization, PathwaysToHope.org, is the website. How can uh, people help? Is it, Are you a 501c3? Does the government pay for any of this? Um, we are a 501c3. Uh, none of the institutions currently pay for any of our services. It's all provided pro bono. Uh, so we are totally self-sufficient and depend on in-kind and monetary donations. And we also, you know, because the dogs are in a correctional facility all the time, we'd love to have some fosters who can help take these dogs out for a week and generalizing their behavior for the outside world. Oh, great. So if you want to be a hero also and help these heroes here, you can join them. PathwaysToHope.org is the website. Jeanette Thomas, our hero, as well as the ladies in the California Institution for Women serving time, but doing good work while they're serving time, making it worthwhile for so many people, including themselves. There's a lot of heroes there. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jeanette, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. We'll put the website information about everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Check it out. They're doing great work. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N. Let's thank those incredible people over at Litter Robot. They underwrite Animal Radio. Litter Robot automatically cleans the cat litter for you. You don't need any special supplies or plumbing, just your favorite clumping litter, and you'll never scoop dirty litter again. It's available at litter-robot.com. And uh, Joey, today... Looks like he's setting so, up a PowerPoint presentation, and uh, we got it all today. What, what, are we, what are you talking about? Well, you know, I want to talk about uh, something that um, came up during the week, um, a groomer friend of mine. And this is something that the general public really doesn't um, hear about much. And the only ones that experience it are the um, pet owners that um, actually have this problem with elderly dogs. When a dog becomes at a certain age, um, your groomer should be the one to tell you that we didn't need to change the pet's haircut or it's time that they um, go to a veterinarian that has a grooming capabilities um, in order to do the grooming. Because what happens is as much as a, as a dog may like going to the groomer, some, cause some like to go in, some don't. But during the haircut process, the, all dogs, you know what, they don't want to be there and it does become a stressful experience. But you always have that really hard-headed pet owner that wants to continue to have, you know, the beautiful cut because maybe the dog still has a nice coat that um, can be trimmed down nice. But it's just not really good for the health benefits of the dogs. Now, there's been situations where dogs have actually died during the grooming process no, only, not because, really. of the sh- only because of the stress of the grooming, really? not what the grooming has the groomer has done to the dog it sometimes becomes so stressful you know how it is you know how when you get those dogs that you know you you look at them and you say well it could be any day now or it could be a couple of months but you know we we we're on, we're on borrowed time here people still bring those dogs every 6 weeks and want them trimmed 
it's better if the pet owner can recognize that we're at a point in time here that maybe we need to change the haircut. And I'm going to give you a good example. My Karen Terry is my oldest one, Miles. What we used to do is we used to do a process of hand stripping, where bottom line is the process of this was a little bit harder on the dog, not that it hurt the dog, but the process was longer, it was more intensive, and the dog had to stay on the table more. As he got older, we realized, you know what, we're just going to clip him down, we're going to make him comfortable, and you want to know something? He enjoyed it more, he um he loved it, and it definitely preserves their time because nobody wants to get that phone call that, you know, we have a problem here over a haircut. So what you want to do and you want to be open-minded, maybe you need to start talking to your groom about alternatives of what we need to do here to make Fluffy a little bit more comfortable and to, you know, to, to keep him healthy in, in the grooming salon. And that's really all I wanted to talk about today because there was a salon actually in um, Missouri who had to deal with this situation this past week and was very upset. But, um, sure. you know, after talking to him, I realized that they took all the precautions that were necessary. The only thing that they didn't do was tell that owner that day because the woman was saying, I was going to tell her next time we can't do it. And there was, wasn't going to be a next time. And she didn't know that. Oh, that's weird. I've never heard of that before, but good to know. It does make you know, sense. And, 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 I've seen dogs shaking at the groomers. They're just so scared of, of whatever they think is going to happen. And, and, and you know what, Tammy, you're 100% right. And when you have a dog that's 14 years old and is doing that, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, at 14, you know, it, you're at a very old age. And, again, right. you're on borrowed time at this point. Wow. What a shame. You take your dog to the groomer and lose your dog. Whoa. That's about the last place you expect to lose your dog. Exactly. Sure. Well, exactly. Because grooming, grooming should be, you compare that with beauty. I mean, if that happens in right. a veterinarian's office, I'm not saying it's, it's acceptable, but it's more acceptable. When it happens in a grooming salon, um, it's it's not accepted. The dog father, Joey Volani on Animal Radio. It's toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Nikki Costa, everybody's got her something. That of course, Nikki has a turtle. She has a bunch of turtles and some cats. Not a lot of people know that either. Okay, how? Keep you up to date with uh, what the musicians you listen to own. Okay. <laughs> Who has turtles and cats? Nikki Costa. She's a musician. Really? Yeah. I think they actually, they've uh, worked out a, uh, like a circus act together where the turtles and the cats do... Uh, the cats ride the turtles. Something. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> or is she breeding them together and she has curdles? Okay, folks, I've made that all up and you've taken it way too far. What are we doing here? I'm sorry. Well, I'm wondering how many people actually have pet insurance because the national standard is only 1% of really? pet guardians have pet insurance. Yeah. And the problem is they say, well, it's too darn confusing and sometimes misleading. Well, California could be the state to change all of that. You were talking mm-hmm. a few weeks back about how some companies are offering pet insurance. Uh, with yeah, as a perk. Yeah, as a perk. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do a little mm-hmm. survey here in the studio. Judy, do you have pet insurance? No. Joey? Yeah, I do. And, and you know what? It's done me real well. Has it? Wow. How it has, have you it used has. it? Well, my one dog, Buster, um, is, has, for some reason, very prone to getting, um, cancerous lumps. And, um, um, the first, the first surgery that we had had cost me almost $12,000. So oh. right after that, we said, you know, we need to invest in pet insurance. 12000 um, yeah, it was, it was very, very extensive, um, where they, wow. where they almost were going to have to take his front leg and they were able to save him. Wow. But after that, we got the pet insurance. But, Every few years, he comes up with um, these 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 lumps that have to get t- 
taken off, and you know it's costly. And in some cases, um, you know they've saved me up to um fifty percent. You know, which wow. is which is big. That's good. You know, you hear different people say different things about insurance. I have always been of the school that you just sock a little money away into the savings account, mm -hmm. gather a little interest on that, and then uh, you know you'll always have that money there if you're disciplined enough to do that. Tammy, do you have insurance? You know, I used to, and I did not renew it because during the first time, first year that I had it, I had the same problems where they constant, yeah, they constantly were saying, "Oh no, we don't cover that, oh. we don't cover that," oh. or "Here, here's a dollar on that one," and it was like, "No, this is stupid." So no, I never renewed. So wow. yeah, I understand. Understand the complaints that the state of California and other states have been getting because they're the same complaints I would register if I did. You don't have to spit very far to find someone on either side of the topic <laughs> of there. And then, of course, we just heard the insurance companies, they're really losing out not only on these insurance claims like this, but we heard last week that one-third of the claims, according to Allstate, it was two weeks ago, Stanley Corinne told us, one-third of Allstate claims were related to animals and dogs in particular. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was homeowner's insurance. insurance. Yeah, mm -hmm. for dog bites. Yeah, so I guess uh, even though the animal industry is a big niche, it's not working out too well for the insurance companies, as we find out. Yeah. I'd like to thank underwriters like Stella and Chewy. They now offer a new size of raw frozen dinners for their dogs. The intro pack, it's eight and a half ounces. In the Simply Venison, Chewy's Chicken, Super Beef, Duck Duck Goose, or Phenomenal Pleasant, Phenomenal Pheasant Flavors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're four ninety nine. Where Stella and Chewy's is sold. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. We're going to talk to Harry. We're going to Harry. Hey, Harry, how are you doing? Okay. Where are you calling from today? Uh, the Christmas Lake in Lenhartsville. Well, how are you doing today? What's up with you? Well, uh, when I had my farm for forty five years, I had Queenie, a German Shepherd, who lived to be twenty one years old. Wow. At sixteen wow. years old, the neighbor's dog was running loose, and she had four pups. And at the end, I used to get out in the morning, and I'd make scrapple and a little bit of milk like a slurry for her, and I'd help her get up to do what she had to do. And it got so that I knew it was uh, getting her time that I'm going to have to, you know, put her away. And before I went to do work I was doing, I measured her up, and I went along the fence row and dug a hole to bury her in. And when I came home and uh, I checked her, she was laying there stiff, and I said, Thank you, Jesus. She died naturally, and uh, it made me feel good about that, too. So yeah. what kind of animals do you have now? Well, uh, now I have a, a dog. I'd seen an ad in uh, the merchandiser for a six-and-a-half-year-old female Jack Russell Terrier and Poodle mix, and uh, my long-haired uh, Chihuahua had lasted 10 years, and he died. I'm 82 years old, and I live alone here in this house. I have a fireplace. This dog took to me like I couldn't believe it, and uh, she sure is a one-person dog. And I call her my guardian angel because before I go to bed when it's uh, cold, I get a good fire going in the fireplace. And at midnight this one night, she's sitting there with her back toward the fireplace, barking, waking me up. It was time to put more wood on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wake up, put more wood on the fire. And you can be blessed by the good Lord with the animals that he created for us, too. She loves to eat like I do. Uh, I make hot dogs. I cut them up and I feed her with a fork with the hot dogs. And I eat oh mine. Uh, if I'm making uh, bar S bologna sandwiches and uh, cheese, I gotta always uh, cut part of the, the sandwich off to, for her to eat while I'm eating my part of it. <laughs> I was always working two jobs. And uh, for part time, I used to do the punch list for people. 
who uh, were selling properties for people. And in Reading, we had a run there for a while where they were breaking your windows of your vehicle to steal your tools. Huh. And there's another one I got a hold of that was a God gift to me. Somebody advertised it in uh, the Reading Eagle, and I went to look at them. I got a pair of Doberman Pinchers, Maggie and Jigs, and I'll tell you, I used to put them in the back of that uh, Suburban of mine, and I never worried about my tools. I bet, I bet no one touched your tools ever again. She's uh, what I call my my home uh, pet because I can't even sit down if she's not jumping on me. And I tell her, you know, you're beautiful and I love you. Aww. And she'll cuddle up to me, and she's got it even when I lay down uh, to watch TV. She crawls up and gets her head under my chin to snuggle in with me. <laughs> oh. So uh, all I can say is uh, God blessed me wonderfully in my uh, 82 years of age before he calls me home. Oh, this is so wonderful. And you know what? That's a great story. Wonderful stories to end the show on today. I want to thank you so much for telling us about these wonderful animals. Well, I like to hear you guys on the radio, too. Well, thank you so much for listening, Harry. Have a great day. We're going to head on out of here. I want to thank Kim Marriott for uh, joining us, Daniel Lutz, Jeanette Thomas, and all of her inmates, prison inmates, who are heroes of the week for us here. Be sure to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download and brought to you by Dr. Fosters and Smith. You can ask your pet-related questions right from the app. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. This is Animal Radio Network.